everybody. Welcome to the How Weird World podcast. I'm Carrie. I'm Jack. I'm Dean. And you have now unilaterally changed the name of the podcast? For the month of October, yes. Got it. Everything's about Halloween in October, Dean. You it's know true. that. It's true. People have birthdays in October. That's just sad. Why? I just Halloween's so much more important than your birthday. We have a child who has a birthday in October. I stand by my statement. <laughs> She's right now. I think they're okay She's with very that. angry right now listening to this. Well, Dean, what are you going to You got something spooky for us today? <laughs> <laughs> yes. As spooky as that sentence, I have a story of a... Now, what have we covered here so far Girl. in Hollow Weird World Month? Poltergeists, ghostesses. Uh-huh. We've done strange, scary things. Yeah. Superstitions. Death bones. Yes. How about a classic Kukui. monster? Kukui is a good one. Not a, maybe not a classic Halloween monster. Should be. But a classic... Halloween monster. We got your vampires. You got your Frankenstein's. You got your mommies. What else you got? Werewolves. Werewolves. Yes, good. Oh, I had to do no. some physical <laughs> hints there for my compatriots here. Werewolves. Let's go a little bit back. We covered a little bit of this in the Beast of Gévaudan episode. Oh, so I forgot no. to look it up. You were, 13. Yeah. I already looked it episode up. Episode 13, yeah. I am told. Long, long time ago. That was probably a few years. It was. So, but, you know, in the Middle Ages, demons and other supernatural creatures were very real. They were believed in as flesh and blood things. So They were very real. They were very real. They were real, Dragons too. Exist, really existed. Yes. And I'm going to say yes. Gargoyles. and They were as real <laughs> to Europeans as lions and tigers. You didn't see them all the time. They were uncommon, but you had no reason to, to not believe they existed. How's that? Sure. I mean, orthodoxy said they existed. You know, your, your priest said they existed, so they existed. And the same went for werewolves. Werewolves can be traced back to ancient times. There's even a kind of a werewolf angle in the Epic of Gilgamesh. That was the super ancient Mesopotamian story that the Noah's Ark writers plagiarized from. And they appeared in Greek and Roman mythology, and that kind of bled north to Europe, <laughs> because a lot of the wolf population in you know Greece and Italy were wiped out or thinned out and, and relegated to the mountains up in the northern and central Europe. There's lots more wolves, so the werewolf legend kind of became a bigger deal in that part of, the, of Europe. You're doing an awful lot of hand gestures, and you oh make fun of me for doing that. I've never. I guess Europe is kind of off to your left. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what you're talking about. Europe? Yeah. Okay, okay you're making hand gestures, and no one knows what's happening. So, there's the, for instance, there's a Nordic saga called Volsungs, where a father and son find wolf pelts. Mm. I guess just laying around. Just find them. I, that's from what I can <laughs> well, tell. Well, they molt. No, but <laughs> the whole pelts. That would be awesome if they did. Uh, by the way, what if humans molted? Ew, I, I, that actually be kind of cool. You mean shed our skin? Shed our skins, mm. yeah. That's mm-hmm. molten. We do, mm-hmm. but it takes a long time. So they found that these wolf pel- pelts could turn them into wolves for ten days at a time. Oh, so oh. they think cool. What are you gonna do with a couple of pelts that turn you into a wolf? You're going to go on a killing rampage. I mean, obviously. Uh, Aren't you? I mean, who wouldn't? I, I just run around really fast and Would you? jump and stuff. 
<laughs> Carrie is so innocent. She thinks wild animals just run around and jump. <laughs> well, they do. They ha- they have amazing physical abilities they that do. we don't have. That's very true. Yeah. So <laughs> just run around real so fast. Well, and stuff. I would live on a farm. <laughs> the, well, I wouldn't kill things. You kind of have to or die. I mean, like squirrels and rabbits and stuff. What do they kill? Well, these are wolves. So the wolves... They, the father and son, naturally killed things. They killed. Yeah, but you, people. you They're made enemies? it. Sound, oh, oh. Nah, I, I, yeah. I just kind of, I got the sense of just sort of a slaughter of innocence kind of a vibe going on with this. Well, that's not I'm nice. Sure. Okay. So Wolves then, don't do that. The father couldn't resist his, I guess, his wild fierceness, and he attacked his son in the forest and injured him badly. But luckily, because this is a Nordic mythology, mythological tale, a friendly raven oh. gave him a magic feather. That allowed the father to cure the son, and they lived happily ever after. Oh, nice. I'm sure they got along just like Isaac totally forgave Abraham for almost killing him because God said. Oh, don't don't talk Bible to us. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Carrie's on a roll today. <laughs> it means nothing to me. You heard of Abraham and Isaac. Abraham no, had to, was supposed to kill his not. son Isaac because God said do it, and he was going to do it. He's going to do it. Was right that kill your firstborn end. son or one of those? No, he was, I don't think he's his firstborn. It's something similar to that, yeah, but not I exactly. Don't, I only know what I've seen on cartoon movies. Well, actually, this there's a very there's, there's a cutaway on Family Guy about this, where Isaac and Abraham are coming down from the mountain, and Isaac turns and goes, what the fuck was that all about? It's a classic. Don't know. Prince of Egypt, was that a You're just throwing out movie? old-timey things at this point, Carrie, aren't you? No, that was a, that was a movie. Right? Yes, it was. It was. But what's your I'm point? Nothing sure. to do with Abraham and Isaac. No, but didn't it have some other biblical stuff? <laughs> yes, it did. <laughs> so I'm telling you, that's the extent of my Moses. Bible knowledge. Moses. Wasn't Moses something Bible-y? <laughs> I don't know. I don't, I'm not sure. Jesus Christ Superstar, that uh, too. Blame oh. my mother I and know. my godparents I for I failing me in my religious no, instruction. don't. I thank them for that, actually. <laughs> okay, let's continue to alienate, please, <laughs> core parts of our audience. So, for Hey, just because I don't know anything about it. Just um, excuse me, some of our biggest fans are devout Christians. That's true. Okay. Shout out to y'all. Thank you. You know who you are. You do. <laughs> <laughs> so for Europeans, werewolves were a solid part of the real world. Actual wolves, as you remember from, I think, the Beast of Javanon, were a very real threat. We've talked yeah. about this a couple times. Wolves killed a lot of humans. Have, you, in, love, in, you love wolves well, I, old-timey I, I European wolves. wolves. I do, because they did crazy things. There was a time in the 1200s <laughs> where wolves went into Paris and rampaging and killing people. Yeah. Paris, France. So, and another thing you, you kind of forget, yes, they killed the occasional human, sure. Of course, who, who's not going to do that? But what they also did very commonly was they killed your livestock. And yeah. your livestock, I mean, you, your livestock got killed off by wolves. You were wiped out. You were yeah. ruined if you were, say, a small farmer or something like that. Yep. So, And they would occasionally go on these killing sprees. As recently as 1820, 1821 in Sweden, a lone wolf attacked 31 people in an area of central Sweden. It killed 12 of them, 11 of those 12 dead were children. Wow. So they tend to well, pick off yeah. Kids was it and, rabid or was it just... I don't think so. It was a lone oh. wolf, so it didn't have a pack. So humans are much easier prey than, you know, deers and things like that. So that's may have had something to do with it. I don't know. Hmm, really? Or just got a taste would, of human flesh. I wouldn't think so because humans have guns. Although. No, not in not 18, Tony Sweden. No, they didn't have guns. And yeah. so humans were pretty easy prey. And if they did, it would have taken two minutes to load. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
But Europe in the Middle Ages was ground central for werewolf lore and werewolf fear. I should say Central Europe. And, and France and Germany really seem to be kind of where a lot of it's centered. And this fear was at its height in the 16th and 17th centuries, which, by the way, ties in nicely with the whole witchcraft scare. I'm, yeah. not, I'm not sure if that's related or not. In 1685, for instance, a lone wolf was taking livestock in and around the town of Ansbach in Germany. The wolf was finally caught after a long chase by some wolf hunters, a posse of some sort, and they exhausted it, and it sort of just desperately leapt into a well oh. and died. I don't know if it what? tended to, I don't know if it knew it was a well, but that's, that's the story. So they retrieved the wolf. It's dead, and surprisingly to them, it didn't turn back into a human because they were convinced they had been chasing a werewolf. So they expected this wolf right. to turn back. And again, remember, werewolves were never thought of until really, you know, probably the 20th century as human-like, bipedal, wolf-like, wolf-man hybrid kinds of things. Right. They were just thought of humans that could turn into actual wolves, maybe bigger and fiercer, but wolves. So the people of Ansbach said that this is bullshit. This makes us look bad. So they dressed it in human clothing. Wow. <laughs> they cut <laughs> off its muzzle, oh. its snout. They put a wig on his head. They put a beard around his chin, and then they paraded it triumphantly through the center of town as a captured werewolf, werewolf. kind of a human-like werewolf, kind of a, or, or really kind of a human. I guess I guess one of the, the Burgermeister was thought to be this this werewolf, so they made it look something like the Burgermeister, the local Burgermeister. That's horrible. Also a bad beer. So France though, seems to have been a, a major center of werewolf activity. It has tons of stories come from France. I'll tell you just a couple, then we'll move on to our main story. The creature was, of course, in France called the, huh? the Loup Garou. Uh, you ever heard of the Loup Garou? Oh, you expected us to know that? I thought you might. Bitch, you gestured at us like that was <laughs> common knowledge. Loup Garou? Yeah. Loup Garou. L-O, I think L-O-U-P, separate word, G-A-R-O-U. Basically means werewolf. No X? No X, no. Oh. Huh. In, in, in fact, in Louisiana, the Cajuns um, have a monster, a werewolf-like monster called the Rougarou. Really? Oh, Rougarou comes from it's a bastardization of Loup Garou. Sure. Hmm. Many, of course, in hindsight, were probably serial killers, not werewolves. Ooh. Yeah. What we now call serial killers, but their brutal attacks seemed sort of inhuman, so they were often thought as werewolves because this couldn't be, you know, a human doing these Yeah, a human things. couldn't be brutal. I, well, that's true. Yeah. The famous werewolf of Chalon, which I know you've heard of, also called the Demon Tailor. He was in the town of Chalon in the Champagne region of France, where they make a very fine sparkling wine. Yeah. He was a tailor, and in town, he would lure kids into his shop with like candy or the promise of something neat to see. Like, oh, I'm going to show you something what? so cool. Kids come in here. And they did, and he killed them, and he put their bodies in barrels. Or sometimes he buried them in shallow graves around his yard where his shop was. He looked disgusted here. That's horrific. Well, yeah, it is. Should I a, not? He was a child murderer. You probably should, actually, in hindsight. But he also would wander the surrounding forest in wolf form. He was able to turn into a werewolf, and he would <laughs> kill and eat lonely travelers. At least that was a story. You, you get the feeling maybe he really was someone killing children, but the whole werewolf, thing, werewolf part, eh, I'm not so sure. Yeah. Because when he, he was caught, he recounted his crimes, I'm, I'm sure under torture, and what he admitted to, his depredations were said to be so horrific that after the trial, they burned the records. 
So, oh, Lord. Yeah. So, like, you know, no one's to see this. That kind of a thing. Yeah. Wow. It's kind of like the movie Stormtroopers. We should bury, should burn all of the copies of that. Starship Troopers? God damn it. <laughs> do it again here. <laughs> That's what I was trying to think of. <laughs> Stormtroopers. I hate that movie so much. It's kind of like the movie Starship Troopers. We should burn every copy ever made, pretend yeah, it never existed. But then what would MST3K do? That's a I good agree. point. That was Riff one of the best episodes do. ever. Yeah. Yeah, we should burn Birth of a Nation. Yes. That's or the they should riff tracks Birth of a Nation. No. Oh, okay. And <laughs> while they're at it, gone with the wind. So there were the famous werewolves of Poligny. I don't know if that's anywhere nearly pronounced right, but it's a town in France in the French Comte region, which is kind of northeastern France around Burgundy. Also have a wine there, as you know. Northeastern France. Stop. Okay, she's, okay <laughs> listeners, I'm being boldly by care. He's making fun of my hand gestures, which is... Uh, you know Honestly. what? Every hand gesture I've ever done, no. you guys make fun of me. Ding dong. <laughs> I disagree strongly. He still makes fun of the time she made a hand gesture well, for the mines, gunpowder in the mines, years ago. She makes hand gestures like that's the natural thing to indicate that. Like she's doing sign language. And no. it doesn't make any no, sense. No, she does the words he's using. Yes, I yes. was literally just moving my hands as I talked. For gunpowder, she had her two fingers uh, flicking, Don't. trying to meet in the middle. That's not gunpowder in any world. You know, yes, it does. Because you know how the gunpowder, you spark it and then it follows the trail of gunpowder to the... (laughs) Bitch, you need to get your imagination out. And the mines. These, these are the ele- the mine shafts. The mine shafts. Okay. The elevators going she's, up and down. For, for you listening, she's <laughs> the, the, the lifting her system. hands up and down side by side. But I was telling you guys a riveting story that day. <laughs> yes, you were. As you I were. believe. You were. And we could so. not get past the hand gestures and <laughs> lost the story entirely. So Ooh. Pierre Burgot and Michel Verdun, they were said to have made an early 1500s deal with the devil. And it got them an ointment that they could rub on their bodies and turn them into wolves. In 1521, after confessing to killing many, many children, they were burned at the stake. God. The same went for Gilles Garnier, very famous. He was called the Ooh. Werewolf of Dole. He was a famous I feel like I've heard of him. mass, mass murderer. It's about a half century later, it was in the 1570s, I think. Also in the French Comte region, so apparently a, yeah. a werewolf haven. He killed children and he supposedly ate them. Eek. Also Ugh. with the help of a wolf turning ointment. Oh, what? That's funny <laughs> how you can just go to fucking manscaped.com and get yeah. a fucking salve. <laughs> <laughs> he was also burned when he was caught, but he was weird. He was like a, he was a hermit, basically. He lived alone with his, he was older. He lived with his wife out in the forest, like in a cave or something like that. Wow. And... He was found out in the forest crouching over the dead body of a child. And oh, that's not good. It's like, okay, you must have killed this child, child and you're a werewolf. And so they killed him and burned him. There's going to be echoes of that story and actually the story that precedes it in our main tale of this episode, which is the werewolf of Bedburg. We haven't Bedburg? made it to our main tale nope. yet. That was just that some preamble. Just pre- mm-hmm. Some prequels. Some pre prequels. The Werewolf of Bedburg in Germany, it happened in the late 1500s. It's one of the most famous and gruesome werewolf stories, maybe as famous as much for the actions of the humans involved as it was for the supposed actions of the werewolf. Mm. So let's set the scene, shall we? It's a man named Peter Stube. I'm going to call him Stube. S T U B B E. Stubby. 
<laughs> I'm going to not call him Stubby. I don't think he'd appreciate that. Stubby, Stubby, Stubby. He was born in the small town of Epperath in Germany. It's a village very near, near the larger town of Bedburg. Born probably sometime around 1545, maybe more like 1550. Some sources, including Wikipedia, by the way, very annoyingly, gives his birth at 1530. And we'll see in a little bit why that's ridiculous. That doesn't make any sense at all. So it's, it's in what's now far western Germany. It's about 25 miles. 40 kilometers from the city of Cologne in the, that mm-hmm. Rhineland region is not too far from the border with the Netherlands and Belgium. So get the, get the scene set. Mm-hmm. Sure. We needed to know the precise geolocation <laughs> of this in order to understand the story in full. Then I'm, I'm glad I could be of help. I so, think I've been to Cologne. <gasps> have you? I want I to go to there. Oh, humble break from Curry over here. <laughs> no. uh, I think I went to... Oh, the, I've been there. I've been to Cologne. Mm-hmm. Okay. I haven't been to Cologne. The cathedral is beautiful. So that's where I went. Okay. <laughs> I get my hair cut there. No, I didn't. You got your hair cut in Paris. Yeah, we all know. Okay, I heard it. <laughs> Peter's name may also have been Stubb with no second B and an E, or Stumpf, or Stump with two P's. It, there's tons of spellings yeah. for it. I'm going to go with Stubb, S T U B B E, because that's the English person who wrote the pamphlet that, from which we get almost all the information about the story. Is spells it that way. Then again, he also was not a great speller. But it is funny how people they they change spellings they all the time. Yeah, it's weird. So it's unclear if the people well because you know a lot not everything was in print. So sometimes they'd hear it orally and just go ahead yeah. and spell however they wanted to spell it. So it's not clear. But yeah, yeah sometimes like, William Shakespeare famously spelled his name three different ways yeah. himself. Shakespeare. My mother famously spelled my first name two different ways. Wow. God knows why. Maybe Oops. not as famous, but still <laughs> yeah. terrible of her. Famously for me. For you, yes. That's so, just weird. Yeah, that is very weird. I'm People start, forget. I'm going to start spelling Jack, J-A-C-Q-U-E. Yes. Didn't your mom also <laughs> celebrate your birthday <laughs> in the wrong day? Yeah, she forgot. Yeah, well, my birthday. okay then. You see the common denominator <laughs> Thanks, here. Mom. So, Stoob had lost his left hand in a uh, farming accident oh no. at, a, I guess, a fairly young age. It's not clear when, but well before the events that we're going to talk about take place. Stump in German means pretty much what it does mean in English. And so it's possible that name was just kind of a mean nickname oh no. given to him after his hand oh, was sure. chopped off. Yeah. It's not even clear that was his real first uh, last name. So, again, Yikes. Stump probably wasn't... A lot of sources call him Peter Stump. I'm going to call him Peter Stu because, again, that's yeah. it just seems mean. It seems like bully. Yeah. I know a bit too. about being bullied Stub. by my mean-ass wife. <laughs> so, hey, no, we're going to cut that out. What? <laughs> you talking about me bullying oh, you. Aspersions upon no, her very no. name. She dance bullies me. She is, she's, a, she's a terror to live with. <laughs> I, it's a cry for help, listeners. So... Cry about it some more. <laughs> the pamphlet, by the way, that I referred to a second ago is called The Damn- Damnable Life and Death of Stu Peter. It's by a guy named George Boris. Who was, it was published in 1590, just not, not long at all after the events, less than a year. It was said to be a translation from a Dutch pamphlet that told the story that took place in Germany. So, And by the way, he calls him... Stu Peter the entire time, not yeah. Peter Stubb. You think it's like Stu, huh. Peter. No, he calls him Stu. He like he, huh. he flips his his first and last name. That's oddly. weird. Stube was a successful and reasonably well-to-do farmer. 
He, and by, say, the middle of the 16th century, he was married. He would then go on to have at least two children. Again, sources are not super clear on this. A son and a daughter, though, for sure. Sadly, sometime in the mid-1580s, his wife died. Oh. Um, that left him a widower with a daughter named Beale or Bell. B, I've seen it sell B-E-E-L-E-B-E-E-L-L. B E E L. Don't know. Let's call it Beale. Yeah. I, I guess it's a it's a German form of the, of the name Sybil. Oh. oh. She was maybe 15 years old or so when our in, in when the mom died. I guess or around this in the 1580s there, and she had a, either a younger brother or an older brother, even possibly both. There's sources to talk about a younger son of his, but they also talk about him having a, his firstborn being a son, too, which would make yeah. that son older than Beale. So it's, it's confusing. People huh. had least, kids, and then the kids yeah. died, and then they had more to replace Maybe. them. And then yeah. not on the census. That's possible. It's possible he had a son first, and the son dies before these events take place. That's yeah. all true. weird. Yeah. Again, he was left as a widower with a fairly young son and daughter. Stube was said to be a super nice guy. Everybody liked him. He got along with everyone. Most everyone. There was one person we'll see, talk about much later that he did not get along with. Everybody's got a frenemy. He didn't know. He had a flat-out enemy. His relative wealth also brought him stature, and he was just kind of a respected worthy of the town at the time. Critically, though, maybe, Germany at this time was in the throes of an ongoing battle between the Protestants and the Catholics. Bedberg near Cologne, was within something called the Electorate of Cologne. That's a, essentially a nation-state, a very small, one of those principality-like nation-states that formed what is now Germany. There were dozens of them at, yeah. at points. It was part of the Holy Roman Empire at this time. And as for the whole Holy Roman Empire, have you, you've heard of that, right? The Holy Roman Empire? Yes. Yes. Okay, well, I'm just checking. One... <laughs> Oh my well, God! I noticed you didn't ask Jack if he'd ever. Fuck, come on! Are we fucking? What the hell? Are we four years old? Just because I don't know my Bible stories doesn't okay. mean I've never heard of the Holy Roman Empire. Well, one wag <laughs> said it was neither holy nor Roman nor an empire. Nor an empire. Very funny, but it did last almost a thousand years. It was this, you know, kind of loose confederation of mostly German, but some Italian and French. Uh, principalities and duchies and such that formed this this the Holy Roman Empire it was finally dismembered and put out of its misery in 1806 by Napoleon, but one of those little states was the Electorate of Cologne, and it was discontiguous. Uh, it had little parts of West, what's now Westphalia, little parts of kind of Western Germany, and it, it was thoroughly caught up in this whole Catholic versus Protestant conflict that was going on. In the years leading up to our story, the Archbishop. Bedhard Truxess von Oldberg, mm. he had been trying to Protestantize, not a word, but let's go with it, <laughs> the whole, his whole Cologne, his lands. And again, Cologne wasn't the only part of his electorate of Cologne, but it, it was, he was trying to sort of force Protestantism on the people of his lands. He, was, he, he personally converted. So he was like a Catholic archbishop who converted to Protestant, to Protestant faith in 1582. Pretty big story. The electorate was actually ruled by him. The archbishop was the actual government leader of the electorate. There's two or three 
principalities like that, that had an archbishop being their, not just their spiritual leader, but their actual government leader. This was hmm. one of them. Weirdly, though, Cologne, the city, and the area around the city was called a free city, and it was within the electorate, so it was technically part of the electorate, but it, was, it had some freedoms of its own. Okay, it's complicated. Yeah. But the point is the archbishop was trying to impose his Protestant faith on the Cologne area, and it's creating a ton of conflict. Okay. okay. Catholic forces in the area fought back. They brought in Spanish and Italian mercenaries. And ultimately, and there's a war from about 1583 to 1587 or 88. It was called the War of Cologne, but sometimes it was called the Sewer War. Oh. And the reason was because the Catholic forces actually used an, the, an old sewer system of one of the castles held by the Protestants to attack and undermine it and take it over. So hmm. it's kind of a nickname for the war. But anyway, the Catholics won. And this is right before, right before the events in, take place that we're going to talk about, which was in 1589. So this is a cauldron of, of religious antagonism. Are you going to tell us what side Stubby Peter was on? Stubby Peter is not his name again, <laughs> but yes, I will. So this meant, though, by the late 1580s, the Catholics were in charge, and they were the authorities were Catholic in Cologne and the surrounding area by this time. Sometime not long before this, Peter Stube converted from Catholic to Protestant. Okay. So I guess during the war. It, it, what I read, it, it seems like it took place not that long ago. So we'll discuss whether that had some impact on the ordeal that would eventually take his life. Now, to, to, to really set the scene, you have to understand the countryside was in terror at this time. Since about 1564, the area around Bedburg had had a series of cattle and livestock murders and mutilations. These events went on for years, well into the 1580s and up to the time of our story. So basically every now and again, farmer would go out to the pastures and they'd find a cow or two with their midsections ripped open, sometimes partially eaten. They thought, okay, this is some kind of animal, mm -hmm. some unknown animal at first. And then they thought, you know what? Eventually, inevitably, they came to blame Stupid. wolves. Oh, wolves. Gary <laughs> <laughs> getting four <laughs> steps ahead. They started to blame wolves. Regular, run-of-the-mill wolves. Again, wolves kill livestock all the time in this part of Europe yeah. at the time. So they're, you know, this is this is again their precious livestock. This is a big deal. But then it wasn't just cattle. At some point in this period, children began to disappear. I knew it. It's always children, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Easy pickings. Yeah. yeah. Then it was kind of the second easy pickings, young women. Women, yep. Yeah. <laughs> they started ah, disappearing as well. Not so, women, yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Carrie's like, they deserve it. She turned into Ted Cruz. She kind of did. Absolutely not. <laughs> women and children just kind of going about their daily chores in the countryside would vanish, never yeah. to be heard well, from where again. Where the menfolk were supposed to be protecting their women and That's children. That's not how it worked. Typically, like the shepherd, those were, were kids with a staff, maybe a dog, and they're expected to protect the livestock from wolves. I know, but the men are supposed to protect their yeah, women no, and children. They were busy. They were doing farm stuff. Field Harry. things. Yeah. Scythe yeah. So yeah, women, women had to go get the you know, water and stuff like that. So they were doing their chores out into the countryside, and they would be disappeared throughout yeah. this, this time. Vanished. Finally, 
the townspeople of the area discovered what had happened to these missing young women and Ooh. children. They discovered this by stumbling onto their corpses. Uh-oh. No thanks. Like the cattle before them, they started finding human victims in the countryside, often are usually mutilated, ripped to shreds, entrails hanging out, and sometimes partially eaten. And of course, again, sometimes never found at all. Right, yeah. To the people, they thought, okay, this is wolves. Now wolves are now, they've gone from livestock to attacking humans. But soon the, the, the unnaturalness of it gave rise to a more supernatural fear. Maybe these killings are the work of a werewolf. Dun, dun, dun. Whispers, gossip, people are getting scared. They figure, how else could this killer remain hidden so long? No one's seen a wolf kill anyone. No one's even seen a wolf kind of lurking around. So, you know, could it really be that it's a werewolf that can walk among them just like a human all day long and then every once in a while turn into a werewolf and go out and do bad things to their neighbors and friends and family? Did they it still be. believe it was a full moon thing? So once No, a I don't think so. Did no, that they, come on later too? Yeah, that's, that's later as well. Yeah. It was it was turning into with a, like an ointment we talked about or the pelt yeah. or a deal with oh, the devil, things right. like yeah. that. And they, so they could do it more at well. The, the, yeah, I think the full moon is, is quite a bit later. So they figured, okay, this person can turn himself to a wolf, devour our, our women and children, and then, you know, shake our hand the very next day with a smile on his face. The people were terrified. At that, at that point, any child that was missing for an hour, they'd go, oh, that's it. He's gone. The wolf got him or the werewolf. It's over. See ya. Hans, glad to know ya. And then Hans would come back late from milking the cow and go, what, what are you saying? Why are you so worried about me? Nope. No? Not a good, not a good accent? Not at all. You guys, I've established I'm not good at accents. I think whenever anybody does a German accent, they're, they're, they raise their voice three octaves. I don't know. Hello. Yeah. They, they Hello. Have a, Hello, Hans. They always have a high sing-songy voice. That's just it's funny. Fun. Or angry. True. Mm, that's true. So people began to get really scared of, I mean, if they had to sort of follow along their livestock, right, their cattle graze or something like that, they'd be afraid that next turn they're going to run into a wolf and kill them, or even afraid their next turn they'd walk into a meadow and see some dismembered yeah. body. So or the it, werewolf. I'd start carrying a torch, a lit torch. Good one. Good In the one. day? Sure. All right. Damn right she would. Not, not for light, but for as a weapon. Yeah, against like the werewolf. Uh, they have deterrent. They're fine. Yeah, a cane. Yes, a nice walking stick. So at tr- times, groups of armed men would go out to the countryside looking for this wolf, but they wouldn't. Fi- they didn't find anything. Finally, October of fifteen eighty nine, luck found the people of Bedburg in a way. Some men, I get the sense it was not one of those you know armed groups. In fact, I'm sure it wasn't. Just some men, some farmers, let's say. They, again, chanced onto a meadow, and in that meadow, they saw a bunch, more than one, more than a few, I get the sense, of severed limbs, just kind of laying there, I guess, arms and presumably legs, lying gnawed on in a meadow in the midst of the woods. No so thanks. they figure, oh my gosh, this is the work of wolves. We've got to go. We've got to do something about it. Let's catch this wolf once and for all. So they ran into town, and they raised an armed hunting party to go out and track down this wolf and kill it. They, and they left almost immediately, right? They had a bunch of dogs. The dogs were going to lead the search and find this murderous quarry. 
I'm assuming they took one of the arms and put it up to the doggy's nose and said, you got the scent, boy? You got the scent? Go get it. Go get it, boy. Go get it. I don't think they did that. That's, I'm going to assume. You know, they probably did. They may have. And scent hounds. Yeah, Carrie. They got to have the scent, Carrie. Most of the group were, again, somewhat rational. So they, they believed they were chasing after a wolf, a regular, if murderous, wolf. And just some lone wolf that had got the taste of human flesh. Let's go get it, kill it, solve this thing. Wolves, of course, as you know, can cover a lot of ground. They can run for a very long time without getting too tired. But this hunting party was tenacious. They stayed after this wolf in the forest for three days. Wow. Jeez. Yeah. I'm assuming they had some meals ready to eat. Or a big thing back then. Is I, mean, I mean, I get the sense they left pretty quickly. So, But real, I guess they lived off the land. I don't know. Yeah, they just hunted. I suppose, yeah. Nuts Finally, and berries. Nuts and berries. Shat tree, in tree the bark. holes. Tree bark sounds delish. Mm-hmm. What? You could eat tree bark if you need no, to. I don't want to. Yeah, I want a hard pass also. But yeah, I, I, I guess starvation, yeah. Tree bark. So finally, on the third day, the dogs were close. The, the animal they were chasing was exhausted. It was, the dogs were yipping like they had caught it, they had cornered it, right? So, and the men are behind, right? So the men catch up. They're, and they're coming onto a clearing where they're going to see this thing very clearly, see it's a wolf, shoot it, kill it. They, f- they catch with the dogs who have their quarry, quarry cornered. And what do they see? Peter Stube. <gasps> Not a wolf, a man in the meadow being, you know, yapped at by a bunch of dogs. But wait, what was he doing? Cowering in fear, I presume. <laughs> at this point, yes. <laughs> He, but I mean, did he have blood all around his mouth? And, that, no, he okay. did not. He protested. He says, look, I was just out for a walk. And then your goddamn dogs came up to me barking at me and snarling at me. And no, by the way, I did not see a wolf. Maybe it went that way. I'm going to go about my business. <laughs> they were having none of that. These wolf hunters knew better. They were very, I mean, he, this was quite a place to be found. They think that they're going after this wolf that killed a bunch of people or left severed limbs, has been killing people for years and years and years, and they find Peter in the forest by himself. A little bit weird. So they... I don't know. really that weird, yeah. but I, I can see how they would be swept up in their search very much and yes. get a little bit too zealous. Yeah. Yes. And, but, but at first they're thinking, wait, he can't be a werewolf. He's Peter Stube. He's a very respected guy. So they thought, their first thought was, oh, you know what? Maybe he's not Peter Stube. He's a demon looking Whoa. like Peter Stube. Oh, no. Now there's demons yep. in the story. Oh, well, demons. Again, demons are real things. Demons yeah. can do things like that. Werewolves are related. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So, you know what? Let's bring him in, and let's let the authorities sort it out. So that's what they did. Stube, by the way, would later say, after he confessed, that he had just taken off his magic wolf belt or girdle, and he had tossed it into... The bushes nearby. Some townspeople would later go out and look for it, and they didn't find it. But you know, the devil, tricky, tricky little devil. You're wondering about Peter Stoop's dark secrets, aren't you? Yeah. As long as he wasn't oh. also a child murderer. No. Well, yes. Oh, God. Well, we'll talk. Oh, so anyway, no. Peter Stoop. First I, of all, I he liked was, Peter Stoop. He was Why? found to be Peter Stoop. He wasn't a demon who's found to be Peter Stoop. Well, I really like Peter Stoop. Peter was a f- great guy. Everybody liked oh, him. Yeah, yeah. I yeah that demon was talking him up. I was. I was. Someone, though, so they realize he's not a demon. I don't know how. Oh, there's a demon test. I don't know. Anyway, they realize <laughs> yeah. he's Peter Stoop he floated, in the flesh. Maybe. maybe he did. 
Someone, though, remembered that, you know what? Not long ago, we had set out a wolf trap, and guess what was left in the wolf trap? A wolf paw severed. Didn't Peter Stube have a missing hand? Oh, my God. Yes, of course, Peter Stube's hand had been missing for years and years and years, but logic was not the strong suit of the scared, stupid, and superstitious. Probably also not the only person in Bedburg yeah. missing a hand. Uh, right. Well, anyway, it would look bad for Peter. They're thinking now he's a werewolf. So, naturally, how do you get at the truth in these days? Magic. No. Torture. Oh. Of course. <laughs> so Stu then would have to be stretched on the rack, and that'll we'll, we'll hear the truth at that uh, point. So I don't like that. I don't know what it is, but the I rack, don't like you it. know, the I rack is the thing where they tie your hands up to one end of this long wooden, you know, chaise lounge. I don't know, whatever. <laughs> and they tie your feet to the other, and they have a wheel, and they slowly pull your hand, your tied hand, your arms up, and your legs down, and it's horrifically more painful than people. You know, we've seen the rack in movies all the time. And it's mm-hmm. almost often plays a joke. Some yeah. old tortured victim will be in there. It's like, Ooh, I love it. Monty I, Python. Monty Python's <laughs> used it. It's, yeah. But it was a brutal torture. It was, I mean, basically you're so you're stretching your ligaments. You're pulling your, your arms and legs out of their sockets. Your tendons are going to snap. And, and it's, if you survived at all, you're often a physical wreck. Yeah, you were, uh, you know, crippled for life, and, and again during the time it was insanely painful. Yeah, so it worked to his credit, and to it worked uh, as a testament of his wisdom. Peter Stube saw that rack and said, "Hard pass. I will tell you anything you want to know right now. You don't have to put me on that thing." So he immediately confessed all his sins. As the Panther writer wrote, he quote voluntarily confessed yeah, sure all did. his sins. I'm not sure they know what voluntarily means. No. So, and then witnesses started lining up to say, yep, you know what? It was Peter. He attacked me two years ago, or he, he, he went after my kids a year what? ago. Suddenly, everybody's just falling in line. Peter Stube is the bad guy. He's like, hold up, hold up. I was kidding. Now y'all <laughs> taking it a little too far. Okay. So, even without the rack, he told his story, and it was quite a story. Scary. He told his question is that he'd been terrorized in the country for the last 25 years. Wait, what do you mean even without the rack? He told he, again, story. He, he said, I will confess to anything you want. Don't put me on that. He oh, knew what okay. his end was going to be. He thought I might as well hard pass on the rack and, and skip that part of it. So huh. I don't know if he's and hoping for just, mercy. I'd say let's just jump to the execution then. Basically what he's doing, essentially, Yikes. without the torture that precedes it. Yeah. So he says, I'll tell you anything. So he said, I, it was me. These last 25 years, all these depredations that started with cattle and stuff like that, and lambs and such, that was me. It was Peter. I, I did that. I've been eating goats and lambs and calves, as well as a few grown sheep and maybe even some full-on grown cows all that time. That was me. He bragged about gorging on the meat raw. He liked it raw. He wouldn't cook it. He, he was because he was this sort of rabbit, rabbit so animal. He decided to have a little fun with it, you mean? Uh, I don't think so. Spin and who knows yarn. how much of these yeah. words are really his. But he, he did not stop there. He also said that it started, all started with a deal with the devil when he was just 12 years <laughs> old, which is going to be around 1562 <laughs> or so, which is right around when these, these started, things started yeah. happening. Yeah. Stube offered... I didn't keep a timeline. You should except have. Except in my Ooh, head, 1564. No, that was a mistake. Since again, again, since you argued with me of his birth, and I'm still... I remember, though. 1564 okay. is right. when... 
it's around they started. when it started. Good, yeah. good, good mental timeline. I like yeah. that. So Stube offered <laughs> offered the devil his soul in exchange for quote worldly pleasures. I'm guessing that's nasty stuff, naughty stuff. He's a little. <laughs> no. he's, a, he's precocious. He's ahead of his time. He's twelve. Probably. Yeah, Carrie, it was. Trust what, me. What Carrie, is it? You know, I'm, I'm going to stop you right there. Trust me. He liked to watch Real Housewives. Land, no. and, land and prosperity. No, no, no. It was uh, nasty Maybe stuff. a lovely wife and some nah, he loyal was children. Uh-uh, uh-uh, Carrie. Uh-uh. But, you don't need to deal with the devil to jerk it, Jack. Back then you did. <laughs> oh, my God. That should be uh, the worst T-shirt in the history of Carrie Worley, 2021. You don't need to deal with the devil to jerk it, Jack. Just never say that again, please. So, Stube, it turned out, was just innately evil because all those worldly pleasures went out enough for him. He wanted more. He was, quote, a wicked fiend pleased with the desire of wrong and destruction, end quote, and, quote, inclined to blood and cruelty, unquote. What? Wow. So, the devil, always obliging, gave Stube a belt, or sometimes it's called a girdle. But it's something he can put around his middle there, and it would magically turn Stube into a mighty wolf that could roam around the countryside doing what, Carrie? Jumping, running fast. Oh, running fast. And also uh, eating cattle and later people. Sure. Effectively, the devil had given Stube a werewolf belt. He could turn into it. When he took it off, he was human again. Yeah. It's very convenient. With the belt, Stube would transform into a wolf. He'd go about attacking his cows and goats and stuff like that. But soon he graduated, as we know, to devouring children yeah. and then young women. He would also sometimes lure uh, the kids to their deaths. Uh, to their death, he'd actually sometimes target certain ones he really wanted to, to ravage because also the, he the was juicy ones. Some of the young women. The implication was that he assaulted them before he sure, killed them. Of course, them. that's a worldly pleasure. It is. Well, yes, it is. See? It is. All the while, when he was doing this, he was, quote, in the likeness of a greedy, devouring wolf, strong and mighty, with eyes great and large, which in the night sparkled like fire, a mouth great and wide, with most sharp and cruel teeth, a huge body and mighty paws, end quote. That's how he was described when he was in wolf form. Sure. He was uh, Great and wide. Yes, great and wide. He was also a, quote, insatiable bloodsucker. Uh, This is 1589 when this is written. That's, That's... it's good. It's good stuff. It's quality work. <laughs> what? In like all, they were illiterate back then? What the fuck? They originated the language. <laughs> Stube owned up to eating 14 children. That's a and, lot. And two pregnant women. Oof. Ah, so that's 16. Including their fetuses. Yes. Yeah. He said that was the most delectable part, the fetuses. He said, quote, I ate their hearts panting hot and raw, and he described them as, quote, Dainty morsels. Uh, what's going on with this man? Yeah. If he's really saying all this shit. We'll talk about that in a minute. Of, I don't of trust What he did and what him. he didn't say and why he was said to have said it. Yeah. Stub, Stube, sorry. Stube, <laughs> Stube could return to human form again simply by removing the magical belt or girdle. And obviously wolves don't have opposable thumbs. You're probably thinking, but let's just assume it was some kind of a newfangled Velcro. Velcro. Could be Velcro. <laughs> it's the devil. The devil made it. The devil knows things. So, I'm, I mean, an invention of the great Satan, you could... He, he, let's just say he was an early adopter yeah. of some technology. Yeah. So, Stu, he wanted it all, and his evil knew no bounds, so he also admitted to having incest with his daughter and possibly 
having a child by her, and that was that may have been the younger son. Again, it's not super clear. Uh, he said, "What the fuck?" He he then also that wasn't enough though. So he lured a good Christian woman into a sexual relationship. Her name is Catherine Trompen, and it, you know he like ruined this nice, good, virginal Christian woman. It was his, it was his mistress. It was his girlfriend. Yeah. His wife was dead. So when Catherine Trompen wasn't enough for him, he then went further. He went back to the devil and said, I want me a succubus who will do anything I want, a, a demon lover, effectively. The devil, always very client service oriented, yeah. said, said, no problem. Here you go. And sent him a succubus to do you know, the crazy stuff with him. So all these things, he's admitting to all of these things. He, again, he also admitted to sexually assaulting many of his victims before killing them and sometimes eating them. The children, he'd usually dispatched by just a club to the head. But the uh, young women, he would tear open their throats with his bare hands, he said. What the fuck? Right, so he was doing this as, as human, Peter Stubb? It's, you know, it's not, presumably he's in a werewolf. Form, but sometimes apparently, if he's using a club, then he must be in human form yeah. too. Yeah, it's, it's not. I, I think they maybe got ahead of themselves. Yeah, <laughs> or maybe they got a little confused. But so it implies that he was doing it in both forms, human right. and, and wolf and werewolf, or human and wolf. Yeah, and he could be crafty. One time, he recounted how he once he spotted two men and a woman conversing outside of the of the wall of the town of Bedburg. You know, most of those towns that had a protective wall, right? So they're just yeah. talking, having a good time. He sees them. He goes, mm, you know what? I'm going to kill me some peoples. So he crouches behind a bush and he yells to one of the men, apparently by, by name, and he says, hey, can you come over? Help me with some lumber. You can't see him apparently because he's crouching behind a bush or maybe he's on, the wall is circular, so maybe, you know. But so the guy goes, okay, and walks over there to help him with his lumber. And as soon as he gets around the wall or behind the bush or whatever, Stubb crashes the cudgel over his head, killing him. Sneaky but effective. Mm-hmm. Other man says, the hell's taking Han so long? So he goes over there and he meets the exact same fate. When he gets around the bush or the wall, he's also clubbed to death by Peter. The woman, meanwhile, is now left alone, is thinking, I am not liking the situation. So she calls for her companions and they don't answer. She gets scared. She starts making for the door, the entry gate to the town. Peter sees this, chases (gasps) after her. Chases her down, and the bodies of the two men are found the next day, but the woman's body was never seen again. His questioners assumed he must have eaten her whole, eaten her entire body. That's how they never found that. After, of course, raping her, because he was Peter Stube, and he did everything bad. Stube, though, was not always successful. One time, he chanced upon a group of children out playing in a meadow as they were watching their cattle, the children see him coming at them, and they fled. He is able, though, to catch one little girl. He, so he goes to sink his fingernails, apparently, again, because he's in Peter Stube form at this point. It's where a lot of his tales are told as if he's in human yeah. form. It's, it's, it's a little incongruous. You don't expect that. So he goes to sink his fingernails into her throat to rip her throat open and kill her as, as he did. But it was Sunday, so she was in her Sunday best, and her big stiff white collar <laughs> protected oh. her, and he couldn't get through that and given her Andy. time to scream. And then her screams apparently roused the cattle from their stupor, their inattention, as this person is attacking the kids. And so supposedly some 
some people say, oh, it's to protect their calves. They heard screaming, so they think their calves aren't, are in trouble. So they basically stampeded toward Peter, oh. and she was able to get away, get away and run to safety and join her friends and get away from him. Okay. Thanks, cows. Did Cal she? saved her. Did you, do you remember? There was a story very much like that in the yep. Beast of Javadon, wasn't yes, there? Yes, I do. So yep. you, you have to wonder if there's some relation. By the way, no word on if... I mean, if he's Peter Stube, I mean, he's a very well-known person in that area. Well, yeah. So Why did didn't the, they go say, hey, Peter Stube just attacked this? Yeah. I don't know. There's no word on that. It's a little, so we're just finding out about this story where the cow saved the little girl. From, from him uh, when he was captured. Did, did they make any effort to corroborate it? Oh, uh, you don't have to, carry. I mean, I'm assuming he knows it's, who the little girl is. Obviously, he's a werewolf. So it's obviously he did these things. Okay. There's no question. So obviously, also, he murdered his young son, and uh, he lured him into the forest, killed him, and ate his brain. Because a delicious... His own son? His own son, yes. Did his son really die? I mean... Presumably. I don't know. There's not a lot of fact-checking. Literally, it is one 16-page pamphlet that this comes from. The German and or Dutch original of it has never been found. I think there's little other scraps here and there, but pretty much all of this comes from that 16-page pamphlet written by the English guy in 1590. He told his torturers that he, quote, so great was the joy he took in killing and eating his victims that he accounted no day spent in pleasure wherein he had not shed some blood, unquote. Oh, every day he did this. Yes, yes. Basically, every day, I didn't, I didn't you know, think of that as a good day unless I killed something. How many people lived in Bedburg? Um, enough for a lot of them to die. This is like murder, she wrote. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe worst of all, Stube could also be kind of a dick about what he was doing. He said how he'd like to walk around the village of Bedburg and other nearby villages as well. And he would just sort of chat amiably with the people. He'd wave to them and, uh, you know, be all this friendly, I'm this great guy, knowing all the while he'd killed their loved ones and family and friends because they didn't know he was a werewolf. As the pamphlet writer, he wrote, he said, quote, and sundry times he would go through the streets of Colin, Bedburg, and Caperat, nearby villages apparently, in comely habit, and very civilly, as one well known to all the inhabitants thereabout, and oftentimes was he saluted of those whose friends and children he had butchered, though nothing suspected for the same. Again, the writing's not great, but yeah. basically he was being kind yeah. of an asshole about it. To show how they dealt with the bad guys, we'll have to talk about some pretty gruesome things here. Again, maybe this should have said something up front. Probably way too late for this, but a bit of a warning about this one. This is pretty violent. This is even going to get, we have more to go. So he was tried and he was found guilty on October 28th, 1589. He was convicted of murder, incest, cannibalism, witchcraft, and lycanthropy. Wow. Turned into a werewolf. That's a charge. Yeah, yeah. It lycanthropy. Was. lycanthropy. That's funny. His mistress, Catherine Trompen, remember? She was convicted as an accessory, as was his daughter, Beale. And they were both convicted and and sentenced to be executed as well. Peter Stube was executed in a way some regard as the cruelest execution in written records. That honey thing? No, it's not that. It's more medieval. It was not a quick death. First up, Stube was to, quote, have his body laid on a wheel. So think of a big wagon wheel where they tie your hands up on one and, and side and your um, legs down by the bottom. You, your body covers almost the entire wheel, right? Yeah. And your arms are in between spokes of the wheel. Then, quote, uh, with no. red-hot burning pinchers 
in 10 several places to have the flesh pulled off from the bones. No thanks. So they took red hot, big iron pinchers and just ripped flesh off from the bone. They're just getting warmed up. Quote, after that, his legs and arms to be broken with a wooden axe or hatchet. Afterward, have his head struck from his body, then to have his carcass burned to ashes. So you've heard the phrase broken on the wheel. Yeah. Mm, That's basically what they did. So your arms and legs are in between these spokes. They They would take the blunt end of an axe and just crush your bones of your arms and legs in between those spokes, it was again. You're almost always going to be executed afterwards. So, but otherwise, you'd be uh, well. Sure, and I imagine at some point, fairly early on in the process, you would just pass out. Oh, I doubt it. I'm sure they kept you alive Why? for a long time. I don't know. I I'm I don't not think saying so. Dead, but you pass out, and then from you the come pain back. And the shock. And yeah, I suppose. But this this took a while. This took all day. They were doing this for a while. Daughter Beale and Mistress Catherine Trompen were merely burned alive at the stake, just oh like witches. God. So, you know, lucky. The authorities were still not done with Peter Stoops. Remember, they ended it with chopping off his head, right? And then they burned the body. They weren't quite done with him, or at least they weren't quite done with his broken, lifeless body. The magistrate ordered that his body be put in a public place for all to see as a warning against, you know, doing deals with the devil. So they put this, his horrifically mutilated body I don't know, public square. The wheel that they had broken him on, that was to be taken and set on a very high pole up in the air. And they attached to this wheel 16-yard strips of wood, which were meant to represent his 16 victims. So I I pull in, and coming from it, pieces of wood, long strips of wood. Doesn't sound very It's just a a memento. No, it's not, but... Okay, so you're going to aesthetically... Yeah. Okay. Yes. All right. If it's supposed to be a memorial... To, to it's not supposed to be a memorial. <laughs> it's a warning. To the victims. Well, that part, yes. But at the top of the pole, the pointy part, was the, quote, framed likeness of a wolf. So I guess they carved out of wood an image of a wolf and put that on top of the pole because he was a werewolf. And then on the... I guess that's toward the top, right? On the very, very top, like the pointy top, they stuck Peter Stubbs' severed head. Of course they did. Very nice touch. This horrible execution was conducted on what date, do you suppose? Oh, April Fool's Day. No. Friday, Halloween. Bastille Day? Halloween, October 31st. They don't mess around. He was convicted on October 28th. He was tortured and killed on October 31st. All Hallows Eve, 1589, Halloween. So let's end this by talking about what really happened to poor Peter Stube. A common explanation is that it was effectively a religious execution under the guise of, I guess, normal, quote-unquote, crime. Yeah, that is normal in the sense of a werewolf, <laughs> I suppose, right? <laughs> and a, a werewolf eating women and children was the crime he was convicted of, right? But was it really kind of a, a, a religious persecution, essentially? Remember, his Catholic accusers were the authorities. The Catholics were in charge of right. Cologne and the surrounding area by that time. So when they took him back to the authorities, as they did from when they found him in the forest, they put it into the hands of his religious enemies. Because yeah. he had, had, he was a very prominent leading Protestant of the area. Because remember, he was a wealthy mm-hmm. farmer. Although I, have a, I do have a question. Yes. Did all of the killings stop after they executed him? You know, him? there's no word on that, but... I, you know, yeah, I don't think they did. Yeah, well, you have to ask yourself how many of these killings were re- that well, really occurred. Yeah. So, and, and remember, the, another thing that that there was almost animosity there, and, and was done by the way, not in just this case, but other cases, is that they threw the book of horrors at him. 
everything. I mean, they're trying to to demonize him, right. to villainize him. So mm-hmm. he did. You can think of the horrible thing he, they had him do it. Yeah, incest, murder, cannibalism, child killing. Throw every. You know, they probably had a had a a, a little. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? The um, they had a little meeting. A Rolodex. No, oh. we'll cut this out. But you know the thing where they have people. You have twelve people, and they you a have jury? people behind a mirror. Council. No. Oh, Star Chamber. No. What I don't know. I think. Uh, a think tank? No. You know, I've done one. I've oh, lineup. <laughs> <laughs> oh, focus group. There you go. God, we should keep lineup. that in. I've done one. Lineup. Okay, carry things on <laughs> They probably well, you had, have to be guilty oh to be in a lineup. Well, still. <laughs> no, I've never, Carrie, no, I've never been in a lineup. A. B, I have done focus groups. And so so I'm, my thoughts were that they're, they focus grouped this and said, what can you guys think of? And we'll accuse Peter Stupid of that and have him, quote unquote, confess it. Like I said earlier, who knows how much of the confession he really even had to say. Once he was going to sign on the dotted line to avoid being tortured, they put, he yeah. could put anything into his mouth. What? Could he have committed suicide? I mean, anything God, if to... you could, you would, man. God. He I would have. He, he maybe didn't know how horrific and painful his execution was going to be. Yeah. He probably thought, hopefully, they'll just hang me or burn me at the stake, worst case scenario. <laughs> he probably He didn't know. He probably didn't know all that was going to happen to him. Otherwise, then again, he maybe did and said, you know what? That's still better than doing all of that plus the rack. Yeah. Because the rack, you can be on the rack for days. Yeah. Recall, though, that the Sioux War, this Catholic versus Protestant skirmish that the Catholics had won, would later flare up into the Thirty Years' War in 1618 that would just engulf Germany and really almost destroy a generation more or plus of Germans in the Middle Ages. Bedburg, again, was in the hands of the Catholics. So, and, and it, it was even, they had Italian and Spanish mercenaries there too. They're kind of lording it over Protestants of the area. So this was a great opportunity for them to get rid of a leading Protestant and have a local Protestant do horrible, horrible things, therefore kind of staining Protestantism in the, in the yeah. process. He was kind of a, almost like a footnote victim of the early stages of this religious conflict that we would have long forgotten had it not been for the weirdness of the story, that he was supposed to be a werewolf, and, of course, his horrific demise, which is kind of famous as an execution. Or was it simple you know, delusion, fear, superstition? Like I said, did, how much of this really happened? Or how much of the cattle, you know, the missing kids and things like that were not wolves or, or yeah, serial killers right. or something like that? I mean, You tell us. I don't know. I, I have no answer for it. If you, like, if you take out the religious part of it, would this still have happened? Or did this something like this happen? Right. And, that, and was Peter Stube not prosecuted for religion reason? That's just, you know, right. pretend that's not true. And, and, and he uh, was prosecuted for these horrible things yeah. going on in the countryside. I don't know. And was it him or he, was he just the wrong person at the, the wrong, wrong place time, at the wrong yeah. time? I think that part. Yeah. Or could it have been a... a combination. A, a combination. Or could it have been a serial killer? On the loose, oh. a human monster doing these terrible things. I don't know. We again, we don't know how. Did sixty people really, really die this time? We don't right. know. Were, were there really tons of catamulations? We don't know. Or could it have been wolves? Actual, yeah. real, just wolves. Wolves did these kinds of things yeah. all the time. It's probably it very well a handful been. of livestock mutilations and a couple murders or something. Carrie's gonna go with a couple yeah. murders. Okay, she's, <laughs> she's gonna murders. parse it out. Two, I, I'll give the wolves two murders. I'll give Sarah Keller nine, and um, I'm going to say five more were just coincidences. And maybe Natural. A, maybe a couple teenagers ran away from home. No, I, that happened. I'm sure that happened. That yeah. happened all the time. Yeah. But if Peter Stube was this serial killer, 
And when they're chasing a wolf, they just happen to find him out in the forest to be blamed. That's a crazy coincidence. Yeah. So, yeah. Or he could have been. He could have been out there on one of his, you know, hunts for a human victim because he was a serial killer. I don't know. Yeah. We don't know. I don't think he was. Carrie's a big fan of Peter Stu. She, mm-hmm. She's really taking his side. There. I mean. It does seem like there was something going on in all likelihood. So there may have been, but again, yeah. it may have been like all of these things, yeah. all of the above, wolves, killers, people running away, other animals even, who knows? It, and it could have, you know, here's another thing. It could have been like a low-grade religious conflict, right? These mercenaries were in, for the, the latter part of this, they had these Italian-Spanish mercenaries, or you had this Catholic versus Protestant. Maybe it was kind of a tit-for-tat. There's almost a feud going on, and that got lumped and blamed. And, and Peter Stu, at the end of the day, was this incredibly convenient scapegoat. And everybody can, can kind of put this feuding behind them, killing each other for religious reasons, and blame it all on Peter Stu. He did everything Let's move on. Possibly. I don't yeah. know. I just thought of that. It would be interesting to know if the victims were like predominantly Protestant or predominantly Catholic. Although I guess they could be both because it could, it could have been, like I said, a, a, you know, doing bad things to each other. You know, a Catholic caught a Protestant unawares in the forest or something like that. They killed him and vice versa. Who knows? Or I guess it could have been a werewolf. Anybody vote for a werewolf? Eh. I kind of hope so because some terrible things happen. You'd rather it was a werewolf than, than a person. or, or A werewolf is a person. I suppose. Yeah. That's true. So it could be any of those things. And again, all these... Peter Stu, by the way, I, I, I didn't mention, he, had, he did have an enemy. He had apparently cuckolded a neighbor's wife. He'd had Uh-oh. relations with his wife. That guy is the person that some people think started the rumors that he was having incest and things like that. Right. So he had all these, he had these terrible rumors about him. He had, was a recent Protestant in a, in, at a time in a place where Catholics were winning. He was found in the wrong place at the wrong time. And the countryside desperately needed someone to blame this on and, and get over it. Yeah. He was just, he was the perfect storm to make him look guilty and be the scapegoat and end it. And that's exactly yeah. what happened. All right, here's a werewolf, but no one ever found the magical belt. wolf belt. Nope. Uh oh. Yeah. Never was found. So maybe someone has it. No, he kept it on him. <gasps> he so should have. That's it. one of the weird things about that. I, if you're, I guess the idea was that he wanted to look like, oh, I'm just a human walking around. So they said he took the belt off real quickly before the people got there to see him when he's being hunted yeah. and threw it in the bushes so he can, so he can just say, look, I'm a human. Uh, but I don't know. I think your chances are better as a wolf. So why take yeah, it off? Yeah, that's true. But then again, he, pan- he was tired. He was, he was, yeah. Ready to end it. So that's the story of Peter Stube, the werewolf of Bedburg. Yikes. A horrific story. Yeah. Don't let the Bedbergs bite. Oh, that doesn't make <laughs> sense. But. Yes, it does. I suppose it does. That could be the title of the episode. Yes, it could. You're fucking welcome. I don't think it's going to be. <laughs> it so, should be. That's good. <laughs> okay, maybe. I'm giving don't, you gold. Don't let the Bedbergs torture and kill you. And That's burn a you. little, doesn't roll off the tongue quite as well, but <laughs> it's good too, Carrie. Let's workshop that. So I hope you enjoyed our last full Halloween episode in a couple of few days. On Halloween night, we will release our brief episode telling you which of the scary, frightening, weird things we talked about almost a month ago was fake. Yes. Amongst all the real scary, yeah. frightening, weird things. We so go re- vote. Re- so go vote right now, and we'll reveal that on All Hallows Eve. 
what you might know as Halloween. Thanks, and Dean. everyone else. October 31st. October 31st. All right. <laughs> That's uh-huh. it. Thanks for listening. I was going to say that. Oh, okay. Go. You can still. Thank you for listening. Uh, you say it way better <laughs> than I do. Okay. <laughs> Thanks. See ya. Goodbye.